0: Hello and thank you for tuning in again live today. It is Sunday, October 1st, it is 1 p.m. And you are currently watching the Skill Building Sunday Drawing Group live here on the Reinventing the Tattoo channel. My name is Jason Leeser and I will be your host for today. And if this is working for you, please drop a comment or tag a friend and let me know that I'm coming through loud and clear um tag a friend who loves tattoos um let me know how i'm doing and welcome to guy justin's reinventing the tattoo community where tattooers apprentices collectors and the curious can join in these live streams real world events to share and inspire and ultimately create better art and tattoos together we beam out nearly every day and with your help have evolved into a quality network of amazing live and on demand tattoo and art shows that have all been receiving rave reviews. You can find reinventing the tattoo in both of the app stores, the Apple app store or the Google play store, as well as our reinventing the tattoo YouTube channel, our reinventing the tattoo Roku channel, which has 12 to 15 different episodes going at any given time, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, as well as all of the major podcast directories, such as Apple and Spotify. Or you can do what most people do and just search for Reinventing the Tattoo in your browser and you'll find it all, except for the book, which is currently out of print. Uh, But no matter where you are watching live or on demand, you can always get the latest and most up-to-date information, all available at www.reinventingthetattoo.com. You can try it out for free. You get the option. You can pick one of three different options. Uh, you do not have to subscribe right away. You can either try out a sample webinar from the Reinventing the Tattoo Canon, or you can get some free advice from Guy Henson about your unique goals and goal setting, or you could take a comprehensive tattoo history course from Jay Brown. And if you're like me and you're a big tattoo history nerd, that course from Jay Brown is absolutely incredible. I highly recommend you take a look at it. You can also find a full weekly and special event live stream detail calendar at ReinventingTheTattoo.com. So if you wanted to go through and jump into today's live stream, you could easily go through and find the information for that available in a full calendar at ReinventingTheTattoo.com. You can also find access to our Reinventing 24-7 channel which is a lot like our Roku channel. It's got about 13 different episodes playing at any given time, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and is available on demand at any given time. At ReinventingTheTattoo.com, you also have access to over 20 world-class professional development tattoo courses. These are seminars from people like Bob Tyrell, BJ Betts, Andre Malcolm. That's just to name a couple of them. And those are also available for purchase at www.reinventingthetattoo.com. Once again, if this is working for you, please drop a comment in the chat box and let me know. Make sure to hit that like and subscribe button down at the bottom of the page to make sure that you're staying up to date. and You get notified of all of the new shows coming up here on the Reinventing the Tattoo channel. We have a number of weekly staple shows we always encourage people to tune into, starting off on Sundays at 1 p.m. with me, Jason Leeser, for the Skill Building Sunday Drawing Group. Following today's episode, on Mondays, we have four separate episodes, uh, four separate shows that we encourage people to tune into. On Mondays, starting off at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, we have Drawing for Tattoos with James Wisdom where we get to go through and discuss basic drawing strategies and techniques. It really helps us get back to the fundamentals of what it's like to be a fine artist in the tattoo era. Um, Following James Wisdom's Drawing for Tattooers at 9 a.m., at 11 a.m., we have the Tattoo Weekly Show with Gabe Ripley, Lauren Gregory, and Jake Meeks from the Fireside Tattoo Network. If you're looking for the most up-to-date, tattoo information Uh, maybe it's news maybe it's stuff going on with some of these new laws that are getting passed if you're looking for any new tattoo news take a look at the tattoo weekly Uh, they will keep you up to date with the latest and most up-to-date information completely possible in the tattoo industry and that is 11 a.m monday mornings eastern time Here on the Reinventing the Tattoo Network. Following that, at 5 p.m. on Mondays, we have Let's Talk About Feelings with Robbie Ripple, where we get to go through and kind of open up and talk to other artists about some of the things that maybe we have to deal with day-to-day in the studio. Um, You know, certain topics, certain things that maybe people that aren't in the tattoo industry can't really go through and have an outlet for because there's not maybe a whole lot of people out there that can truly understand what we deal with. And that's 5.00 PM. Let's talk about feelings with Robbie ripple following that capping off Monday evening at 9.00 PM. We have a subscribers exclusive drawing group with Sandy McAndrew from the reinventing the tattoo network. And this is only available for people that have a subscription to either the reinventing the tattoo Canon or the reinventing the tattoo evolution course. I can tell you from personal experience that hopping in on these Monday night sessions alone is worth its weight in gold. Um, Every week we cover different topics in the Reinventing the Tattoo Canon. If you get the Reinventing or the Evolution subscription, which covers, I believe, three months at a time. um, And if you stick with it, it will take you through an entire year and will take you through every chapter and every section in the Reinventing the Tattoo Canon following the subscribers exclusive drawing group with Sandy on Monday evenings. On Wednesdays, we have the tattoo now show with Gabe Ripley at noon. Um, And that is absolutely awesome where we get to dive more into the uh, business aspect and business side of tattooing. Um, Gabe's been in the tattoo industry a very long time working with different tattoo artists all over the world helping them with websites and all different types of stuff. Uh, So tune into that. That's Wednesdays at noon Eastern time for the Tattoo Now show. And following that, capping off the week on Thursdays at 6 p.m., we have the Tattoo Collecting 101 podcast with Fawn Baker. Um, Fawn is an incredibly talented artist, and she started doing this a long time ago. And it's where we get to go through and explore and hear stories from different people, About their tattoo collections and maybe some of the adventures that they've had along the way. We also have a very special live event coming up. Um, Get your tickets now because it's almost sold out. And that is the Paradise Tattoo Gathering coming up Thursday, October 12th through Sunday, October 15th. Um, And it is gearing up to be an absolutely unbelievable event. Uh, We've got live presenters that will be on-premises presenting all different types of stuff, uh, including people like Nick Baxter, Corey Ferguson. Gunner's going to be there doing an oil painting seminar for three days. Thea Duskin will be there. Andy Chambers is going to be there doing his uh, sleeve design course, which I can't wait to take. Lady Sarah will be there. Jake Meeks from the Fireside Tattoo Network will be doing his entire Find Your Style Workshop for free for people that purchase a ticket to the Paradise Gathering. You'll also have um, seminars from people like Tom Strom and Andre Malcolm, who will be doing a full, large-scale tattoo design workshop. Uh, I will also be there. I will be doing two different presentations, one on printmaking for tattoo artists, For those of us out there that like to have artwork that people can walk away with, uh, you know, maybe it's at a convention or maybe it's a way just to help us get some of our fine art out there. Uh, There are certain things you need to take into consideration with making prints um, or getting prints made. So I'll be doing a seminar on that as well as procreate for tattoo artists. Um, No matter what stage you're at in working with procreate, there's, always something more you can learn. So I'll be doing a seminar on that on Friday up at the Paradise Tattoo Gathering. And it is going to be absolutely incredible. Highly recommend if you don't already have your tickets, get them now and get a room now. Because like I said, they're almost completely sold out. Um, would like to go through and take a quick minute to thank some of our sponsors and some of the people that make these shows happen. Starting off with worldtattooevents.com the largest, most comprehensive resource for tattoo events worldwide. And they are constantly keeping everything updated. As we know, living in a post-pandemic world, tattoo events and conventions are still getting rescheduled. So if you want the latest, most up-to-date tattoo event and convention information coming to a city or town near you or one that maybe you plan on visiting, take a look at worldtattooevents.com. It is absolutely incredible, and I don't know how they keep up with everything, to be honest with you. We also have TattooNow.com, technology for tattooers, the leading edge in professional development, management, and digital tools for tattoo artists of all levels. They're constantly keeping everything upgraded and competitive with any type of CRM, mailing list, or scheduling software out there. So if you're looking for a place to go to get the digital tools to help get more people in your chair that want to get the kind of work that you really want to do, take a look at TattooNow.com. This is the number one go-to resource for digital tools that will help you bring in clients. And of course, this wouldn't be Reinventing the Tattoo without a very personal and professional thank you to the man, the myth, and the legend, Guy Itchison at GuyItchison.com. He is the founder and inspiration behind Reinventing the Tattoo. Go to GuyItchison.com where you can pick up a copy of his Biomech Encyclopedia, some of his tutorial DVDs. I believe he still has a couple of custom coil machines for sale, as well as several fine art paintings and prints, all available at GuyItchison.com. Would also like to say a very personal shout out and thank you to the apprenticeship diaries with amy nichols if you are looking to become a tattoo apprentice or want to know more about tattoo apprenticeships or if you're looking for more information on the best ways to learn how to get into tattooing take a look at the apprenticeship diaries with amy nichols Um, it is the largest resource for people seeking information about apprenticeships and amy is an absolute sweetheart Um, and she will walk you through everything you could ever imagine. Would also like to say a very personal shout out and thank you to TATCOM and Aaron Williams, the mad scientist behind TATCOM. These guys are literally diving in to the technology and the methods of which tattooing is being done. They're taking a scientific approach to understand how tattoos are done, and then they're developing new tools and equipment. For tattoo artists to use to help us tattoo better and more efficiently so if you're looking for the latest and greatest most cutting edge tattoo equipment out there take a look at tatcom these guys will not disappoint you every time i talk to them it's like you know a breath of fresh air so take a look at tatcom As always, if you like today's show, we ask that you post a positive review on the channel. Help us get the word out, like I mentioned before. Hit that like and subscribe button so you don't miss another episode. If you would like to host a Reinventing the Tattoo event, maybe a webinar like this, or become a sponsor of our community, or maybe you're looking for a fine art or a tattoo critique, you can always email management at reinventingthetattoo.com. We will get back to you just as soon as we possibly can. Ah, such an intro, it's great. So today I did actually wanna go through and touch on a topic. Um, And I'm just gonna get a couple of windows together just so that I can see if anyone joins us for today. Um, Today's topic that I personally wanted to touch on is branding. Um, I had a client in my chair that I was tattooing yesterday and we got onto the topic of branding. Um, He mentioned that he really liked, you know, the brand that I had come up with and what I stood for and, um, you know, how I was really presenting myself in a very professional manner. And, you know, it was definitely someone that, you know, he wanted to get to know better just by looking at my business card. Um, Branding, I think, is extremely important um, for everyone out there in the tattoo world. Who you are, what you stand for and what you do, it should be evident in everything that people see whenever they look at you or look at your artwork or look at your business card or your website, they should see a level of professionalism there that makes them want to come and get tattooed by you. Um, And I say that just because I have my own brand. But it's something that I've started to notice across the board with a lot of different people, um, a lot of upper echelon tattoo artists, guys that are, you know, getting people that fly halfway around the globe just to get tattooed by them. Um, These are people that are really putting some effort into creating a very strong brand and a very recognizable brand that is you know, immediately identifiable and really stands for who they are and what they do. Um, You know, it's a little exercise through talking with a couple of friends. Um, I believe it was actually during one of the tattoo business roundtables. Someone touched on the point that you should be able to describe your brand in a few words, right? Not a sentence, not anything else. If you had to come up with three things that really described who you are, what you do, and what you your tattoo brand stands for, what would they be? Maybe it's three words, maybe it's four words, maybe it's two words, maybe it's five, words, right? Um, try not to think in full sentences, just try to think of descriptive words, you know, what do you stand for? What is your brand, right? Um, and I wrote down a couple of words that I think really help describe my own personal brand. I have um, professionalism, right? Because if someone shoots me an email, I'm going to get back to them literally within 24 hours, uh, personally replying to that email. And I'm going to go through because that to me is a level of professionalism that I want to put forth to my clients. Consistency. Um, consistency is a very big one with me. You know, I'm, I'm always consistent with when I get to the studio, how prepared I am when the client walks through the door, um, you know, the level of quality of the tattoos that I'm putting out, what people can expect to get from me really can mean a lot, you know, over the course of time, because people can look at the work that I do. And how I interact with them and they can say, oh man, okay. Yeah. If this person, you know, says he's going to do something, he's going to do it. And he's consistent about it every single time. Um, you know, it's maybe it's meeting up with someone or helping them get paperwork done for a convention they want to work at. Maybe it's, you know, talking to someone about, hey, I can help you out with that. Let me know what I can do for you. And then actually following through with it even if it's something maybe a bit more involved than I thought, maybe it's something that I really don't want to do, but if I say I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. And I'm consistent about doing things like that all the time. That's going to show and reflect that professionalism as well. And I want that to be a part of my brand. Creativity is another big one for me. Um, I want people to look at my brand and, instantly know that I think outside the box. You know, I'm not just doing what everyone else is doing. I'm coming up with original things that help them get their idea across. I'm coming up with new and interesting concepts, new and interesting ways to do things. I'm really going through and creating uh works of art for these individual people. And another big thing that I really think I try to get across with my brand is integrity Um, and integrity is one of those things that you know a lot of people out there don't necessarily think about it on a day-to-day basis but it's something that I really like to stress especially in the tattoo environment Um, and that's you know always doing the right thing even when no one is looking you know it gives you that sense of honor and integrity so if I'm sitting down and I'm working on a drawing for an appointment, you know, I'm going to go through and I'm going to put my all and my every effort into that drawing, even if no one's around. And even if maybe I can go through and be like, oh, well, you know, just saw this really cool like uh, wolf image on Pinterest. Maybe I'll just use that instead of sitting down and drawing something or putting too much thought into, oh, this person came in, they want this design. Okay, I'll sit down and I'll just do that design. Um, You know, even if it's copying a tattoo that someone else had, I try to make sure that, you know, I've got integrity when it comes to that. No one else may know that I just copied that tattoo that someone brought in, but I would know. And that means the world to me. And I think it means a lot to my clients as well. Um, So these are just a couple examples of what you can incorporate into your brand. and you know, different concepts for, you know, just to help you jog your creativity so that you can step back and start to think, okay, what, what is my brand? What do I stand for in this industry? You know, I'm that kind of guy that shows up every day wearing a button-down colored shirt, you know, come and visit me in the studio and you'll see. I'm usually in nice jeans or slacks, the button-down shirt, you know, looking professional. Um, That is the kind of brand that I want to put out because that's a direct reflection of the type of clients that I want to tattoo. Um, I want the business professionals to come in and get tattooed by me. I want those people that are, you know, at corporate executive level to come in and get tattoos and see what I stand for and say, oh, man, okay, this guy's really serious. This guy really knows what he's doing. He's really on top of his game. That's who I want to get tattooed by, Um, you know, so sometimes finding that kind of common ground between your brand and your clients is a very, very big thing and it can really help you draw in that specific type of crowd that you're really looking to tattoo. Um, We've got a comment over here from Creatures Cave. Good morning. Uh, They said, yes, I agree with that perspective of drawing for the client, but what if the client only wants what they want? Well, that's where you can sit down and have a discussion with them. Say, okay, what is it about this that you really like? What drew you to this image? What is it, you know, why do you want this exact image? Is it because it's something that all of your friends have and you really like it and you thought it would be really cute? Um, is it something that has a much deeper meaning to you and if so let's explore that let's get into that let's go a little deeper um well, we got jen in here with us uh jen welcome i don't think she's joined the um audio yet jen there you are welcome 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 um You know, so one thing you can do is go through and have a discussion with them. What is it about that picture that really draws them and really makes them interested? Is it the way that it's done? Is it the style it's done in? Is it the subject matter? What the tattoo is of, what the design is of, um, what is it about that, that they really like? Maybe they're not so crazy about, um, You know, whatever the subject matter is, maybe they don't really like that type of flower, but they like the style it's done in. Great. Now we can expand off of that. Now you're not going to go through and copy that image. Uh, Maybe they like the subject matter um, and they like the style it's done in. And it's like, cool. maybe you want, you know, some some flowers with some leaves coming off the side. Cool. great. What's your favorite flower? We'll draw that and we'll put that in there instead. Um, Maybe, you know, they like the style it's done in um, and they want something totally different. Or maybe you can find something a little bit deeper to kind of pull out of them through that discussion where you can say, oh, it's a memorial piece. Great. Tell me about the, the person that passed. You know, maybe we can come up with something that would be a bit more unique or that person, since they weren't like anyone else. And maybe we can design a, spe- a specific tattoo just for you for the memorial for that person. Um, you know, there's it's amazing what you can accomplish just by sitting down and talking to people. And it doesn't even have to be, you know, face to face. Do a Zoom call. You can sign up for a free Zoom account. I think you get 45 minutes or something. Do a Zoom call with them. You know, even if it's off hours, find out why they want that specific image, um, and talk to them about it, and find out a little bit more in depth about what's their motivation behind getting that. You know, and if they're just absolutely one hundred percent, well, you know, I I like what you drew out, but I really really wanted to get this, and it's like, okay, well. If that's already a tattoo for that specific person, why would you want something that someone else has when this is a very unique thing for you, when you are not that person, you know, maybe you're unique in a different way than they are, you know, so let's come up with something just for you, right? And a lot of people really like that when you're trying to put that kind of effort in. Once again, having these discussions, going so far as to say, hey, what's your availability like? Even if you can't physically make it in, maybe maybe the person's an hour drive from you or two hour drive. Maybe they're flying from a different state. Go through, hop on a Zoom call at their convenience. Talk to them about that. Make that part of your personal brand, you know that you're willing to be available at any time for people that want to contact you to get tattooed. Um, There are certain people out there that are like, well, I only answer emails on Mondays between like noon and like two o'clock. And if I don't get your email, then I'm sorry, but you're going to have to wait another week and I'll get to you when I can. Right. Okay, cool. I can understand if you're flooded with emails and you've got several thousand emails to go through every single day of people wanting to get tattooed. Okay, fine. I I can understand that. If you are not at that point, go through, take a little bit of time. Maybe it's a half hour after you get done at the studio. Maybe it's a half hour before you even get to the studio in the morning, right? Take your time. Maybe set up a 20, 30 minute Zoom call with someone. Go through, talk to them about what they want to get. You would be surprised at what kind of an impact that will have with people when you show the amount of effort you're willing to put in to communicate with them about the tattoo that they want to get. Um, I know that's something that I try to stress to a lot of my clients is let's discuss what you want to get, why you want to get it, where do you want to put it, you know, how do you want it to look, and we'll come up with something amazing for you. You know, that is part of my personal brand. And it's something that I really enjoy being able to do for my clients. So food for thought from today, think about your brand. Think about how you can strengthen your brand. You know, how can you make it better? How, what can you do to really make you stand out against other people? You know, what's something that you can do or you can offer that maybe other artists don't, you know, it's, if you sit down and you just think about it for a little while, it's really incredible what you can come up with and ideas that can help separate you out from literally every other tattoo artist out there. So once again, my two cents on everything. Um, Hopefully some of, you know, what I just said resonates with a few people out there and, Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't, but hopefully it gets you thinking about certain things in a different way. Um, you know, understanding your brand and what your brand brings to the table can be an absolute game changer for just about any. On that note, I'm actually going to switch over to my iPad. Um, I'm going to be working on another dragon sketch today. You guys are probably already tired of me seeing dragons mm. and drawing dragons but that's okay um i have one painting and the only reason why i'm working on a new dragon sketch today is because i forgot the uh the black and gray dragon that i'm actually painting at the studio i uh Well, no, Jen, I completely agree. Jen just sent a chat saying, can never get tired of dragons. You are absolutely correct. Um, And next year is the year of the dragon. So I'm actually trying to put together some dragon flash designs that I can take with me to different conventions, uh, whether they are paintings, whether they are uh, smaller, like little five by seven flash designs. I always think five by sevens, a bit smaller than it actually is five by seven is a pretty good size for like a flash design personal opinion of course um you know it's that's it's a pretty substantial size for a piece of flash so you know maybe maybe look at that um but i always think in my mind i'm thinking oh five by seven uh you know that's that's not very big it's it's probably bigger than you think bigger than it bigger than you can like imagine it to be in your head well at least it is for me so um so i i'm just working on a couple of different things um trying to get the body of this dragon laid out uh and i think i know how i want to do it uh here's a little hack for you by the way if you work on an ipad and you like drawing dragons Obviously you have to understand how to draw a dragon head and the way dragon bodies move. Um, My little hack is I'll actually use a snake brush. Um, And I think I got this one from Tattoo Smart. I think it's part of their snake kit or serpent kit or one of their snake brushes. Um, But this is actually just a snake brush so that I can go through and like quickly mock out a body and understand how the body is going to flow. You know, and you can see just by using the snake body that I've got like some underbelly scales already pretty much ready to go. I've got a dotted line for the spine so that I know how that's gonna flow with the body. Um, And it just helps me lay things out in a very, very quick and easy way. Um, Just a little quick hack takes some of the effort out of it um you still got to know what you're doing as far as composition goes but um you know it's very easy to go through and boom i could turn that into a dragon very easily um in fact i really i think i do kind of like the way that that looks i think i might move part of the upper body i'll show you what i'm talking about I may go through and take this part here and kind of push it back this way a bit more, Um, and then maybe give this a bit more of a rounded kind of approach. So let's see what that looks like. I always work in a lot of different layers, um, and I love using layer opacity to kind of go through and help me refine what it is I do. Um, So if I'm going to move that top part back, cool. And then I can go right along there. But I just drew on the wrong layer. I wanted to create another layer on top of this so that it stood out a bit more.
1: That should work. That
0: should work pretty well indeed. Um, I always have a bad habit of overcomplicating Japanese dragons. Um, I always make them way too busy. Um, You know, for example, when I started drawing dragons, I would be like, yeah, we can do like some swoops and swirls and it just got so bunched up and it got so busy and so complex in such a small area I was like, okay, but where am I going to put an arm? Where am I going to put a leg? Like it's, you know, it just became too much, and then it was too busy and hard to follow. So what I've been doing actually in the for the past few weeks is simplifying and not making the bodies quite so busy, just making them nice and easy to follow, nice and easy flow. You know, just something that is maybe have like a tight curl here or there, but otherwise I'm just keeping it nice and easy so that that way when I do go through and I do add in, you know, arms, legs, maybe hands here and there, maybe I've got some wind or some fire, um, it's actually going to look really, really well and it's not going to detract from where I want people to really look for these dragons. And that primarily is going to be the head and the face area. That's where I really want to focus a lot of people's concentration. We've got, uh, well, Bruno was in the YouTube chat. Bruno, how's it going, my homie? Hope you're doing well. Can't wait to see up at Paradise. Um, I like this shape and form. It's pretty similar to the one that I just drew a second ago. Um, I do think that I want to go through and maybe give it a bit more of a dynamic body as far as size is concerned. So let's increase this. Um, And we'll start this off a little bit smaller. So let's go for taper. We'll just taper the size a bit. Nope. Still too much. Uh, let's do pencil
1: size. Uh, let's see. Size will bring down taper. That'll work um, and then we'll go minimum size bring that down a bit and that should give me exactly what i'm looking for and new layer so now as i press harder it's going to make that dragon body a bit bigger i think it's a little too big now Let's bring this down a bit.
0: Because I like dragons that have like kind of skinny necks up by the head, and then their body kind of bulges out in the stomach area, almost like they're fat. Um, Little chubby dragons never hurt anyone.
1: Almost there. Still a little too big with my maximum size. Bring that down just a hair. And we'll do one more. Now, the other thing I
0: could do now that I'm thinking about it is if I bring this up here, I could always swirl the body down that way.
1: Maybe that'll work a little better. And let's just see what we got. That should work. Maybe I rotate the head a tiny
0: bit. Got these really big, long horns on this dragon. So maybe I can bring the head down a bit more and then I can take that and that,
1: move that up a bit. Rotate the whole thing a hair.
0: Good. Yes. Now I am going to go through, and I'll lock that. I am going to draw the body one more time. Um, And that's only because I'm not a big fan of the way that this underbelly is tilted. Um, I could always just draw a new underbelly on there. But like I said, this just saves me a little bit of time.
1: Yeah, I like that a bit better.
0: Very classic kind of body structure. Great. So now that we've got that figured out, um, we can move this up above. Get rid of that. Create a
1: new layer. Although now I'm starting to think maybe it looks a little too static. Like a little too straight up and down. Like I think that's too straight. I
0: think the body over here is too straight. And I want this to be very dynamic and to create more of a dynamic image. Um, we want a lot more diagonal angles for a lot of things. So let's unlock that. We'll take the body. Maybe we'll rotate the body
1: this way here. Bring this up
0: just a bit. And we can always warp it out if we want to. Maybe shrink that down bring this up a
1: hair more, bulge that part out a tiny bit more, maybe even bring this part around, this part down, this part down, this part up. Still think it looks a little
0: too straight. So what do we do? We bring the opacity down and we draw another body. I go through this same process about 80 different times whenever I'm drawing dragon bodies, just to make sure I get the flow correct. So let's see if we can't create a better flow with more diagonal lines. This is already looking a lot better,
1: I can tell you. bring this up and curve this down
0: much better little off down at the bottom portion but it does take a couple of times to you know get it right we'll save that one and create another one
1: Now it's almost too straight and too sharp. That should be a little better.
0: Let's see if we can't adjust this flow so that the body is around. Once again, I'm not liking
1: the angle of that underbelly over there. And keep in mind,
0: dragons are mythical creatures. There is no right or wrong way to draw them. Um, They do not exist. If they do exist, by all means, please let me know. I would love to see one in real life. Unfortunately, this is not Game of Thrones and I am not aware of any actual dragons that are alive. Um,
1: Maybe we'll make the neck a little shorter.
0: Yeah. Like that one a lot more. But we'll hide that. Bring this down a little bit more. We'll do it one more time, just
1: playing around with that underbelly angle. Still out a little bit. a little too straight That's pretty good. Let's do it one more time just for grins. Get that back back over Still a little bunched up. I think that's the one. I'll just bring the opacity down so I can double check a couple of things.
0: And then we'll take that this. And let's play around with the angle that I wanted at.
1: Yeah, just rotate the head a little bit. Let's see. Bring that head back down. I always like to give dragon heads a
0: very specific direction to fly in, and we'll make it a little bigger, too. Really want that to be the focal point of this one. And then we'll take that and this and we'll rotate the whole
1: thing back a hair. Yeah, that should be a good one. Now comes the
0: tricky part, figuring out arms and hands, right? This is something that I'm working on a lot lately. So, If anyone uh, has any questions, let me know. But I always like to figure out a placement on the dragon body. Um, Usually a little bit further down than wherever the bend is. Maybe over here is a good spot. Um, And I try to mark it out on both sides of where the back portion of that body would be, like right where those shoulders would connect. I may bring that up a hair here, and here, trying to keep everything nice and parallel. Um, Even though part of these arms are going to get hidden, that's okay. Um, Especially this guy back here, since this is going to be tucked back behind the top of the body, like where the neck meets the head, um, that shoulder is not really gonna be visible because it's going to be blocked by the part of the body coming towards the viewer as well as this horn here.
1: Um, For this arm over here, draw a little per. curve, and then we can do, every now and then I
0: like to give them opposable thumbs. And that hand is going to be about the size of the head and face area, a little bit smaller because it's a little bit further back in space. But I want to kind of show that it's moving forward. Um, And actually, if I was going to do that, I'd move the elbow pivot up a little higher, kind of show that's going to be a little bit more forward. This we would have as the bicep, have a little bit of a tricep. We'd keep this circle that I drew here for the shoulder area. That's going to become the deltoid. I always like to use kind of human-esque anatomy when drawing dragons. Um, just helps me keep certain things in mind. Or equine anatomy, um, horse anatomy. Horse legs are very easily structured um, to dragon anatomy. Um, you can also look at Komodo dragons. They've those have very similar structures. Um, you can look at any number of different different types of canines have very similar legs. Um, I'd stay away from things like human legs, though. Those typically don't. I mean, I guess they do kind of translate a bit. Hmm. Never really thought about that.
1: For this guy, I'm going to draw a little line. Um I don't where do I want the hand to be? I want the hand to be up here. And then we can just have some like let's do um, the thumb.
0: And then these, I want to show some foreshortenings. So I'm going to mark where the knuckles are. And then I'm going to draw some bigger circles because they're going to be overlapped
1: with the fingers coming at you a bit more.
0: And then we'll draw a third and final one for where the fingernail connects. But we're only going to see a small bit of that. I'm just kind of working on placement right now. I'm not really super concerned with a whole lot of um, you know, like getting everything perfect. I'm just like kind of scribbling some stuff together. Um, and then this one would be loop that down there. So that would come forward. Then we would loop this finger kind of under because if this one's coming straight on, this is gonna be off at this angle, this one's gonna be off at this angle. So we are gonna see a bit more of the side profile of this finger than we would of the one in the middle. Now this, this hand I just sketched out, I'll
1: probably shrink down a little bit.
0: Bring that back up so that that meets our perspective um don't know if i really like the way that that hand is
1: positioned but
0: kind of gets the point across um i may so here's something that i always like to think about whenever you've got um a dragon with multiple parts i always try to look for lines and angles of appeal visual angles of appeal right so you've got two horns nose and those are bringing your eyes in you've got hair here that's bringing your eye in hair here that's bringing your eye in same thing over here right so those are great visual lines to create depth we've got our dragon body in the background and that's moving around almost to counteract those visual lines of appeal. That's why I was so specific on the belly of the dragon because I want that to kind of counter these initial uh, visual lines of appeal in the dragon head. I want that to go against that initial flow instead of flowing with it. Otherwise, everything's going to seem too mundane and too repetitive. This way, it naturally creates a sense of depth. So, for these arms and hands, I want them typically to follow the same kind of angles, um, which is where hand and claw placement really kind of comes into play. So, I think I'm going to do. We'll bring this one out a bit more.
1: Maybe this one over a bit more. So you would actually see more of a profile here. And almost the full side profile of this guy. Same here. A little bit of the wrist up at the top, coming down. There's forearm. That would kind of taper up. Like I said, the deltoid wouldn't really be seen, so you wouldn't really have to worry about that. Though I don't really like them with a bunch claw. Maybe we'll give them
0: something more aggressive. But these are just things I think about as far as visual lines of appeal. So if we've got primary primary line here, primary line here and here, um, ideally, you would want to have like a primary line here. But that would also be kind of tricky to execute, because if we've got shoulder joint there,
1: That would kind of go against the flow
0: and wouldn't really anatomically make sense. I mean, we could always use this for like finger lines. So that could work. Yeah. So that could work because that would also be following the same kind of visual line and helping you bring your eye back around. Now, I do like the way that that is, but I'm going to move it back and up slightly. So I would start out here with my
1: wrist joint, kind of bringing everything down, almost pointing at the face. And then same thing here, even though this would probably be obscured a bit. I think that would work pretty well. So let's refine, and I'm going to get
0: rid of this stuff. If you guys want to... Reference these visual lines of appeal and all that stuff. I know this is all being captured on YouTube, so you can always go back through and rewatch.
1: You know, I could go with more of a
0: classic hand. I've really been trying to like switch up the perspective on a lot of what I'm doing. Um, I find that whenever you switch the perspective of what you're doing, um, it, you can create something that's really, really different. Um, so that's just kind of what I've really been trying to do a lot more of. Uh,
1: here.
0: let's go back to our sketcher switch our color cuz i like everything to be different colors as i refine things so let's see if we
1: do something like this
0: just mapping out like knuckle spots if these are the knuckles that join the top of the hand, right, um, you would then have to look at like foreshortening positions. How's that going to look as it comes towards you? Oh, right on top of that.
1: Create a layer so if this is like the top of the wrist bone this would be a thumb joint here then we
0: would have so we would have a knuckle here that would be our first knuckle where it connects to the actual hand, we would have a second knuckle, that would be the first joint on your finger, and then we would have a third knuckle where it connects to the fingernail, which is one knuckle short, believe it or not. um. Uh, kind of eh, eh. no, because your second knuckle on your f- finger, like just looking at that as a reference, doesn't necessarily connect to the fingernail. That would have to be brought back way further. Um, But I mean, technically speaking, you do still have three knuckles on a hand.
1: So we'll bring one,
0: two, then if I really wanted to show some foreshortening, three, one, two, three, and then
1: this could curl.
0: Boom, there's a finger, and we would add some like some of the palm kind of angles and textures around there. This one would go here. Now, I could go super freaky with this one and bring this one like up and then down. Maybe make it a bit shorter for that second portion,
1: and then hook fingernail here. That could be cool.
0: That could be different. I mean, there's technically only so many ways you can draw a dragon hand um, as far as perspectives and foreshortening and all that kind of stuff. Um, There's only so many possibilities. So I'm sure something like this has been done before, but not by me. You know, just kind of scribbling around, seeing what comes of it. The rest of the hand would kind of fall back that way. You'd only see a little bit of it coming out. Now this hand is a bit big. i would probably shrink it a bit more.
1: Which would allow us to get a little bit more of that forearm in there. That could be cool. Kind of like a little mutant, like, clawing hand.
0: Now let's see what we can do with the lower hand, Um, because I do have a tendency to repeat specific angles and patterns. So I'm going to try something different to think about something in a little bit of a different way.
1: Hmm. Maybe we could do We do finger pointing there. This could come around this way. This one could come around this way. That would be too long. This one's also too long. This would give us knuckle, knuckle, knuckle,
0: knuckle, 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 I always like to do wire framing. Um, this is what I call wire framing, where you draw like the joints and then a line to indicate a specific portion. So I've got elbow, forearm, hand, so wrist, right hand, top of the hand, this would be the forearm, this would be the top of the shoulder, or the deltoid
1: where it connects, and boom.
0: Um, that's just what I call a wireframe. Um, do you ever build a little model or light position if you're struggling conceptualizing? Um, yes, I do. Um, I don't necessarily build a model though. What I'll do is I'll kind of like if I'm trying to figure out a dragon hand, I'll like look at my hand, my own hand with like three fingers, like a three-finger claw, and like what would it look like if I did this? Or like, you know, so I'll try to stick with what I have easily available. I could go through and build a clay model. I've got some clay here, but I, typically speaking, I, as much as I've tried to work with 3d media before things, proportions just always get way out of hand. Um, And like, yeah, it, I spend way too much time doing it. Um, Like it can, it starts to consume everything I do. Uh, so I try not to do stuff like that so much anymore. Uh, but I have done it before. I have worked with clay models and hand models and hand positioning, uh, maquettes and stuff like that. So,
1: but Nowadays with
0: 3D modeling and stuff like that, uh, I'm sure there's a program or an app I could use that could allow me to do it in a much more, efficient way, um, I just, like I said, it. it's, to me, it's about time and efficiency. And if I spend all of my time building 3D models and stuff like that, that's less time I spend drawing, where instead what I would do is,
1: um, I would group all the active layers hide that. And then I would literally just
0: spend a few little bits of time like looking at a hand, uh, my own hand, and just looking at like real quick concepts for positioning. So if I wanted, well, that would be the wrong hand.
1: Give me something different. There we go. So we pull. Yeah, let's do that. So
0: knuckle, knuckle, then thumb would be back here, like way in the back. That would
1: be obscured by this guy. So this would come up and down, fingernail. Then this one would come down and over. And- Out and over. No, so now we've got much more like straight on kind of look. Um, this would just be indicative of the finger webbing. Knuckles. Gotta mark the knucks. Take that, bring that down, add another layer. Oh. Knuckle. Knuckle be part of the pad of the palm. Uh, this
0: knuckle up and over. This knuckle for the thumb would be partially obscured. That means this would actually end up being here. But yeah, clay model working with clay models can be a great way to go through and figure things out. Um, I'm definitely an acolyte of James Gurney. Um, I I think he's just an absolute genius. Um, with the way that he creates everything, with the way you know, just his methodology in general is fascinating. Um, and I mixed, mis, mixed, 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 mixed up my wireframes. So um, I don't. I what would you call someone that's like a follower of James Gurney, a Gurnite, Gurneyite, or something like that, maybe? Uh, But either way, yes, I am a huge advocate of his methodology with a lot of the stuff that he does. Um, I think the man is pure genius. Um, I think he just exudes genius on so many levels, it's ridiculous.
1: This would be our finger. This almost seems like it's going to be too long, but maybe
0: not. We shall see. Sometimes what I like to do, especially when drawing dragon claws, it can be a very easy thing to do to just kind of draw rectangles. And that can help you figure out connecting angles. um, And then will help you also, believe it or not, figure out your lighting and your light source. So if I'm going to do this one, this is going to be a block. So I would know that this area is going to be more towards shadow. Um, If I've got top, side, and bottom, this part would be a little bit more visible. This part would end up being in shadow. Um, I'd probably throw like a cast shadow over here off of that part The pad of this knuckle, right where like your the inner part of your hand you have like little pads on your palms for your knuckles and the positioning in between your knuckles.. Um,
1: So that, we could keep very squared off. For here, this would come here, 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 and then fingernail. And back here for the thumb,
0: we would do that. Um, bottom part would kind of come down and over, because we'd see a bit more of the underside of this dragon finger, right?
1: This would come over, this would come over, over. Only
0: that would be too long, so we would cap that off a bit further back. This would also get a little bigger, too, so we'd have a little bit
1: of a flare on it as it be coming
0: towards us. So foreshortening, yay. Um, and then this fingernail. This would end up being shadow. We would add another little
1: palm there.
0: Yeah, sometimes instead of building like little um, play play models and stuff like that, sometimes I'll just like hide all the layers I was working on. Um, A gurner. Yes, done and done. The meeting of the gurners. yeah sometimes for me, it's just easier just to play around on like a fresh layer with different positionings and hands and you know, maybe make a little group of layers. And I used to do this all the time on tracing paper too. Um, so don't think it's only because I work on an iPad. You can literally do the same things with tracing paper that you can on an iPad when it comes down to working with layers and groups and all that stuff um. So, you know, think of it, you know, in different ways. Sometimes it is hard, though, to, like, really figure out. Like, if I
1: was... Maybe I want to do... The next one we could do like here, thumb would be back here. We would have finger, finger, Um, palm. This one could go up, knuckle,
0: back down, knuckle. This one could do. This one would be really foreshortened, so we would have knuckle.
1: And then we would do maybe bring it down a little bit, and knuckle. And then for this one, we would curve this
0: over this way. But yes, I am a gurner, as we just so uh, term the phrase. Um, so sometimes sometimes I will revert to that. Sometimes I'll, you know, just think about things in a different way or I'll grab my cat and I'll look at my cat's paws and just see like, oh, well, you know, right where that retractable claw comes out, that's like a bit bigger and puffier. You know, maybe, maybe I'm lacking that on what it is I'm drawing. Um this one would be fading away and then coming back. So that would get
1: a bit more of a too much here and here,
0: right? And then this little piece of skin would connect this back knock with
1: this is coming down there. sometimes you just got to play with it a little bit more and you can come up with all types of things now jen are you going to be at paradise gathering this year Woo hoo!
0: That's how I started. Um, volunteering is great for any number of different things, especially when it comes down to like exposure in the community, trying to learn new stuff. Volunteer for stuff like you would be surprised. Uh, well, I mean, Jen, you might not be because you already know the benefits of it, but um, most people out there would be absolutely shocked at how just volunteering to help out for a specific event can impact, you know, your network in whatever world it is that you're looking to, um, you know, become more proficient in. You know, maybe it's networking at a finance seminar so you can get your finances in line. Maybe it's network or volunteering to, you know, lead a, you know, a, a Sunday afternoon drawing group. You never really know. Um, now I am going to go through, and I do want to move this up a hair more to give this more of a perspective. Uh, but volunteering is a great way to go through and build a network and really kind of go through and help to get your name out because. Everyone, anytime anyone's throwing an event, we're usually looking for volunteers to help out, Um, especially because, typically speaking, uh, events are very expensive to put on, so free labor, absolutely. Um, You know, there are even some events out there that will offer free passes for people that are presenting and whatever. To help them go through so that they can have volunteers to attend the event as long as they're helping out and doing what they need to do. It's a great way to do it.
1: Um, You know, this
0: this dragon claw would be a bit more head on. Um, Obviously, I would do some more refining and some tweaking, but
1: You know, the um,
0: Wrist would be down hereish, um, and then we could have like the forearm kind of coming back. Uh, if I wanted to draw something like that, that could work. I could also take the same hand, right, and bring that down this way and have
1: it like reaching around.
0: That could work. Or if I wanted to be really tricky and really play with perspective, I'd have the elbow back here so that most of the forearm was hidden. And then I'd bring like a bicep up here. Tricep would be partially hidden, but that's okay. Elbow would definitely be hidden. So now I've created like a very head on. Uh, Coming at you kind of Dragon Claw,
1: that could be a lot of fun to work with.
0: So there's another option for me. You know, if I'm looking for new perspectives for Dragon Claws, uh, playing with perspective is a great way to go about figuring out new angles for things. Maybe I want
1: to do that look that was all the way rotated around. So we could do another one where we've got knuckle. Knuckle, knuckle. On. This one would come down. Knuckle. Knuckle there. Then this one would go. This one would be almost completely obscured. Um, do like back out. Um, once again, building my blocks. This also helps for illustrating
0: um, you know, what I have in my mind and helps me clarify, oh, yeah, that's right. This was at this perspective, and this was at this perspective. Um, maybe down here. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to get to draw with Andre Malcolm and um, Andy Chambers up at Paradise this year really looking forward to that you know even just like sketching alongside them is going to be prolific um it's going to be absolutely epic this year i cannot wait a
1: little bit of webbing that down here, this claw would circle around, this would come up and over, good here, and then this some would be, like, pushed way into the background.
0: I always like to draw bigger um, and then shrink it down. That way I can preserve some of the detail.
1: No, I over detail
0: a lot of things. so to me it just makes things a bit easier so here's here we have another one that's kind of like foreshortened with like the outer finger it's usually a bit smaller so this would actually be kind of like chopped up a bit more Yeah, another thing I'm really excited for this year is um, the Puerto Rico Tattoo Convention. Uh, Bill Canales is going to be down there, and I'm going to get to talk to him more about Drawing Dragons, um, and I'm very excited for that. So It's going to be a great show this year. James Wisdom will be down there with me. Um, It's going to be an epic time. I'm very much looking forward to it. Uh, James Wisdom will be there. Fast Alley from New Jersey will be there with me. Seth Mushrush will be there. Uh, Bill Canales is coming in. Uh, Fibs will be there. James Tex, Anthony Tex. uh, Allie May Tex will be tattooing down there this year. That's going to be epic. Um, It's going to be like an absolute blast. So anyone out there is ever looking to attend a show, or come down for a show, or work at a show that's a really good time to get together with other artists, take a look at the Puerto Rico show. I'm telling you, you will not be disappointed. Um, It is just a great time with absolutely phenomenal people.
1: This guy would be mostly in the background.
0: Shaded in some of the fingernail there. This guy would be mostly in the background. So sometimes, just to keep things in perspective and in line, I'll like shade some of it and maybe I'll lighten this up a little bit so I can see the distinction between the two.
1: You know, so that'll give me like another
0: perspective. You know, so you'd be surprised at what you can accomplish by going through and just drawing things at a different perspective. Um, I'm actually going to be wrapping up a little bit early today. Um, and Jen, you do work with gouache, if I remember correctly. Um, so I will be picking up a set of some really nice gouache to bring up to paradise this year so that you can paint and work alongside us. Um, well, thank you very much. Uh, if you have any brand recommendations, though, I'll definitely take that into advisement. Um, not super familiar with gouache, so by all means, please drop a few uh, brand recommendations, and I'll see what I can do about picking some up. Um, don't know if you like to work with color or strictly black and gray, but, you know, I'll, I'll see what I can do about getting some of each. I think the last time I worked with gouache, it was like a little palette, uh, a multiple color palette from Pelican. um, The Pelican Ink Company who made it. And it was like working with uh, pan watercolor. So you had to like let the waters go through.
1: Um,
0: Oh, you work on scrap mat board. That's interesting. Hmm. Well, I'll have some Bristol board with me. I'll have some illustration board. I'm not going to bring any of my framing stuff, so I won't have any matte board. Uh, But I will have 140-pound watercolor paper um, and all types of other fun materials to paint and draw on. So feel free to help yourself with that. I even have a big roll of some heavy, nice heavyweight drawing paper that's actually absorbent, so you can always work on that as well. Um so this kind of wraps things up for today. Uh
1: Likewise, can't
0: wait. It's going to be an awesome time. Um thank you everyone very much for joining me today. Um this has been episode 125 of the Skill Building Sunday Drawing Group here live on the Reinventing the Tattoo Network. Um, As always, I would like to say a very heartfelt thank you to people out there that may watch this. Um, I appreciate being given the opportunity to do this for you. Uh, As always, if you ever have topics you would like me to cover in upcoming shows, please shoot me a DM on Instagram. It's at Philly Inc. It's right up here in the corner. I'm pointing to it. Or you can always email management at reinventingthetattoo.com and I will be happy to go through and take your topic suggestions under advisement. Um, Until the next time, next, yeah. Yeah, we've got one more before Paradise. So until next Sunday, um, thank you very much everyone for watching. Please stay safe and be well and please keep those hands moving keep progressing, keep learning, keep advancing. Because as we know in this industry, either you're moving forward and moving ahead or you're falling behind. So please be aware of that. Um, Keep progress, keep progressing, keep moving forward. Keep those hands busy. And I will see you guys all again next Sunday for episode 126 of the Skill Building Sunday drawing group here live on the Reinventing the Tattoo Network. Thank you very much. And I hope everyone has a
1: wonderful day.